wants not except to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that you might have and enjoy life, life in abundance until it overflows. Discover how to live the abundant life in Christ through the ministry of Pastor Oseyao Afwakwa. Pastor Afwakwa is the founder and general overseer of Embassy of Life Chapel, a thriving ministry headquartered in Kumasi with a network of churches in Kumasi and Accra, Ghana. God has commissioned him to train believers through the teaching of the good news of the kingdom to know God better, live life better, and impact the world better. Get set for an empowerment that will enable you to live a life of all-round victory, success, and limitless prosperity. God bless you as you listen. Praise the Lord. Okay, so Joel 2.21, I told you that the focus of this teaching is to uh, help you understand why sometimes you have dreams, but they never become realities. Sometimes you have wishes, but you never walk in the manifestations of the same. Sometimes you desire greatness for yourself, and you never experience it. Is it that God does not want you to be great? Is it that God wants you to be a mediocre? Is it that some people have been specially selected to be rich and others to be poor? Is it that God has designed that some people should be spiritual and others cannot? Is it God's choice? Or we have a role to play? And in this teaching, what I'm seeking to do is to help you to understand that you have a role to play. God's mind concerning you is not different than his mind concerning me. The Bible says God is not the respecter of persons. But in every nation, he that feareth him and worketh righteousness is accepted of him. God has not got a special selection or group of people who should be rich, who should be prosperous, who should be great, and others end up as mediocre. No, God wants all of us to do well. Somebody say, say unto the righteous, it shall be well with him. That's God's will. God's will, express will is not in doubt. All his children, he wants them to do well. God doesn't have substandard children. He wants all of his children to do well. But sometimes, and most times, some do well, others don't. In fact, I can almost say that God wants all of his creation to do well. The Bible said the endless expectation of creation waited for the manifestation of the sons of God. He wants all creation to do well. That's why the Bible said it's not the will of God that any man should perish, but all should come to repentance. That is God's express will. If God did not spare his own son but gave him up freely unto us, how shall he not also with him freely give unto us all things? Somebody say, all things are mine. In the book of Peter, he talks about according as his divine power given unto us all things that pertains to life and godliness. He did not give a select few. You see, God wants all of us to do well. Somebody say, God wants me to do well. That's God's will. But sometimes God wants us to do well, but it's as if we don't want to do well. And that is where a lot of people miss it. Sometimes people even attribute it to witches. Demonic entities. Africans are very good at pushing responsibility and blame to witches and wizards. As if we are the only continent that has witches. But witches are in every continent. Demons are everywhere. The Bible said when a demon is left out of a man, he goes and roams through every place. So demons are in every place. There's no country where demons are not. They are there. And yet some people are advancing as if demons don't exist. Why is it that some countries seem to do so well as if they don't have any demonic entity? And we, sometimes, we are left behind. Some Christians are doing well spiritually, but other areas of their lives is not working. I hate to see that. It makes God look like he's only concerned about spiritual lives, but not in our holistic well-being. No, that's not the God I know. The Bible says, I wish above all things that you prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospereth. So holistically, God wants you to do well. Somebody say, God wants me to do well. Now, so we need to know the principle of scripture. There is the person of Christ and there is the principle of Christ. The person of Christ is what guarantees you access to eternity. Everybody who has accepted Christ as his Lord and Savior has a place in heaven. Dead or alive, he has a place in heaven. The Bible said, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life, whosoever believeth in him. So once a person believes in Christ, everlasting life is guaranteed. But fulfilling and prosperous life, it's also guaranteed. 
but predicated on certain things. Every child of God is ordained for prosperity, but not every child of God will walk in the reality of the same. Every child of God is designed to function in divine health, and yet many are wallowing all kinds of sickness and disease as if our Father cares much less about our well-being. What's the difference? I'm just walking you through one of the most important differences. If you have ever seen anybody attain greatness, achieve something worthwhile, achieve something outstanding, and you have envied the person, I'm showing you how not to envy the person, but position yourself well so you can achieve the same or more for yourself. Because you see, there are things that decide the outcome of people's life. And one of such things is what we've been talking about from last week. Come with me to the book of Daniel chapter 6 verse 10. Now when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went home. And in his upper room, with his windows open toward Jerusalem, he had knelt down on his knees three times that day and prayed and gave thanks before his God as his custom since early days. Somebody say, as his custom since early days. All right. So, Luke, let's look at Luke. I suppose you have your Bible. If you don't, just look on the screen and you find Luke. Then Jesus returned on the power of the Spirit to Galilee, and news of him went out through all surrounding region. Verse 15, he said, and he taught in their synagogues being glorified by all, verse number 16. So he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up and as his custom was, somebody say as his custom was. Okay, so as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up to read. Acts chapter 17, verse 1 to 3. And now when they had passed through Amphipolis and Apollonia, they came to Thessalonica where there was a synagogue of the Jews. And then Paul, as his custom was. Somebody say, as his custom was. Alright, so last week we began talking about what this word custom means. And we said custom simply refers to habit. Something that is customary. Something that is uh, repetitive. Something that we, we do again and again. That's a habit. Something must be habitual with you. Somebody say, something must be habitual with me. Yeah, something must be habitual with me. One of the authors who has influenced my life a lot is Dr. Mike Medock. And Dr. Mike Medock said that what you habitually do, you permanently become. Somebody say, what you habitually do, you permanently become. Many people want to become certain things which they are not committed to habitually. When you pray habitually, you habitually become a prayerful person. When you give habitually, you habitually become a generous person. When you take care of your health habitually, you walk in divine health. Can somebody say an amen? amen? When you decide to commit the word of God to memory every day or consistently or habitually, you will see that your knowledge of God is increasing. So what you habitually do, you habitually, you permanently become. Somebody say, what I do habitually I become permanently. Now listen, what it means is that if you don't like who you are becoming, you should be changing your routine. There are things you should be changing. Some people just pray and they think that prayer is okay. If you don't like the habitual friction in your home, you should be changing something. If you don't like the habitual poverty, cyclical poverty, every now and then before the month runs out, you are in need. You are sending messages and begging people and borrowing from left, right, center, including MTN. You have to habitually review your details. Can somebody say an amen? amen? You have to. What you habitually do, you permanently become. Very, very critical. Very critical. We said last week that a habit has to do with a recurrent, often unconscious pattern of behavior that is acquired through frequent repetition. A habit is an acquired mode of behavior that has become nearly or completely involuntary. That's what we said last week. Habit is involuntary. If something is a habit, you do it without thinking about it. And I told you that according to sociologists, almost 80 to 90 percent, if some even put a 90 percent, but usually I always want to go for a downside just in case. Uh, between 70 to 80 percent of what makes people or the response of people is guided by habits. So, as you live your life, the things you are consciously thinking to do, they form about 10 or 20 percent 
of your whole being. The thing that you consciously think, but the thing that you have done repeatedly, such that you do them without thinking, they form 90, 80 to 90% of your life. Praise the Lord. Now, that is quite scary. And it's also quite encouraging. That means that if you have great habits, you are gone. But if your habits are also poor, it means that your life is going down the drain. That shall not be your testimony. I said that shall not be your testimony. Alright, so last week we began talking about some truths about habits. And we started exploring 10, but I'm likely to give you some bonus. Amen? I said 10 to start with, but I will get you some bonus. And I reserve the rest for some other time to come. Now, we started by saying that, number one, we are creatures of habit. Somebody say, I'm a creature of habit. Alright, you are a creature of habit. The reason why your body works fine. You only fall sick when your body system, the habitual working of your body system becomes faulty. Your body is designed to function habitually. The blood must constantly be transporting oxygen from one part to another part. Constantly. It has to be doing that. That's all it does. The heart must constantly be pumping. Constantly. The moment your heart decides not to do that habitually, then we say you are sick. So you are a creature wired to function habitually. There is no way the central nervous system will ever, at any point in time, end up becoming an excretory system. It's not possible. If you see that happen, it means the person is sick. That's not how God designed it. All the systems made up of organs are designed to function habitually, attending to specific tasks and assignments. We are creatures of habit. Somebody say, I'm a creature of habit. Alright, so you live well when your habits are functioning well, or you have great habits. Number two, we said habits are acquired or can be learned. Somebody say habits are acquired or can be learned. Alright, so if nobody is born with great habits, every good habit anybody has, he acquired it, he learned it, and you also can learn great habits. I see you learn great habits. All of us came naked, and all of us shall return naked. But you see, all of us came naked, but some people go through life loaded. Because of reasonable habits and profitable habits they have cultivated. Somebody said, it doesn't matter. We all came naked. We shall all go naked. It does matter. Somebody say, it does matter. It does matter. In between the naked entrance and naked exit, what happens is very important. There are some who go early. Even their exit is not nice. Some funerals are beautiful than some weddings. It should tell you how people live. Habits cannot be hidden. Somebody say habits cannot be hidden. Yeah, when something is your habit, it cannot be hidden. When you become habitually excellent, it cannot be hidden. It cannot be hidden. Excellence is not an act. Excellence is a habit. Excellence is not an act. It's a habit. And when you are dealing with people who have not cultivated the habit of excellence, it's always difficult because sometimes you come across as overbearing because they've not caught that habit. So you instruct them, show them what to do, and it can be boring, sometimes difficult for people. Excellence is a habit. When it becomes a habit, when it becomes part of your thinking, where you think, you think excellence. Where you act, you act out of excellence. Somebody say an amen. amen. Somebody say habits cannot be hidden. Yeah. When you are habitually prompt, even amount late commerce, you still be prompt. Yeah. When is your habit? No, it's, it's not. It's not like oh, the people are making me come late. No. I learned that when I was a student on campus. I learned the discipline of timeliness. I learned the discipline of being prompt to events and meetings when I was a student. And I learned it by being prompt regardless of how late people come. So no matter how late you come, once the meeting time is fixed, I'm going to be there at that time. Between the time you will come and the meeting will start, I will still be making most of the time there. Can somebody say an amen? Yeah, rather than come to the meeting late, you know, I will go there, sit there, whatever I have to do, I'll be doing it there. That is how I learned a lot of scripture. I memorized a lot of scripture because sometimes in between meetings, one hour people are just there and have a book with me. Every moment I'm just uh, soaking and uh, meditating and reflecting. That's how I learned. Praise the Lord. Yeah. Now come to look at how to deal with time if you want to make 2022 great for yourself. I'll, I'll come and deal with that. But this is habit. Somebody say habit. habit. Yeah. When something is habitual with you, it is your default nature. It's your default nature. You respond through that. When love becomes a habit, oh, may love become a habit of the church. May love become your habit. Amen. 
You see, when it becomes your habit, they don't beg you for forgiveness. Are you with me here? They don't beg you for forgiveness. No, 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 no. That is when love is your habit. Love is your habit. Love is your habit. It's not. You live with advanced forgiveness. That's when love has become your habit. And by the way, that is God's nature. Are you with me here? Uh Uh-huh. We said habits can be spiritual or natural. Somebody say natural or spiritual. Yeah. It's a natural habit that as a man or a woman of your age, you should brush in your teeth twice. One in the morning, one at night. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody say that is it. Yeah. A gentleman of your caliber should not be wearing sweatshirt or pants three times before you wear it. It was not designed for that. When you marry like that, you create problems. Even if it's two, make sure you wash it consistently. Once we are, we are wearing one today, the one must be washed this night. Thank God for the dry weather. By the time it's uh, this in, it's already dry. Am I communicating here? You see, Sometimes when I talk about these things, people feel that, oh, the pastor, the old scanty, he can wear. No, 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 no. I'd never started like this. If you meet anybody who knew me as a student on campus, when I was really, really struggling, they wouldn't even know. In fact, people who could give me money easily were actually asking me for money because I look better than them. Far better than them. Far better than them. I mean, my pocket is dry and I'm also looking tattered. Won't I be disdain? I'll be despised. Yeah. Because nobody will check your pocket, but they will look at how you appear. Am I communicating? That's why I tell people all the time. That's why I tell people all the time. Somebody sent a video around some time back of a man who dressed some way and asked people for a seat. He was asking, he told them, he needed, how many of you have watched that video before? You've watched that video before? Maybe one of these I'll find them bring it to you. The same person wore some tattered dress and was asking people for $20 bill or something. And uh, people were not willing to give him. Another person wore a decent clue, suit, and was telling them, I have a challenge. He was receiving more than that. Anywhere they went, he asked. Some were giving $100, $50. Why? Because they respected who he is. And it's possible that the other person may even be genuine and the other person is fake. That's why the Bible says, man looks on the outside. Don't try and over-spiritualize it. Don't go for an interview and dress in a way and say, God's favor is upon me. It will not show. That favor, nobody will see it. Yeah. Nobody, nobody will see that favor. Because what human beings are looking for, their eyes can see it. God looks on the outside. You know, it never seems me to amaze me that the man, Samuel, was that prophet who missed it. Because Samuel is one prophet that the Bible said he was established as a prophet in Israel. The Bible said not a single word from his mouth fell to the ground without fulfillment. Somewhere. Sharp, accurate, precise prophet. Battle. He missed it. Even he, the best of prophets, could not see beyond the natural. Alright, so, learning to say please and thank you. Those are important habits. Buffing twice a day. It's a good habit. Yeah, drinking and smoking a habit. That will not help you. Spiritual habits. Learning to pray every day. Listening to the podcast. Consistently so. Is a habit. Being in church regularly, unless you are duty bound, is a habit. Somebody say an amen. amen. Sharing your faith with others is a habit. Habits can either be good or bad. That's where we ended last week, right? Habits can either be good or what? That's where we ended last week. So we want to continue. When we talk about a good habit, we're simply talking about something you do routinely that enables you to live a more fulfilling and impactful life. I'm on part two now. So a habit can be good or bad. What do we describe as a good habit? A good habit is something you do routinely that enables you to live a more fulfilling and impactful life. How many of us want to live a fulfilling life? All of us want to. Everybody. Every normal person wants to live a more fulfilling life, a more peaceful life, a more prosperous life. But not everybody ends up with it. Why? Because... Many people are only wishing it. Some people are habitually living there. Something you do routinely, routinely, repeatedly, that enables you to live a more fulfilling and impactful life. When you live, you you form good habits around you. They empower you to obtain or attain your objectives and goals in life. So if you meet people who are achieving their goals and their visions and their objectives in life, 
they have learned to cultivate certain habits that empowers them to do the same. You can have a dream of becoming rich, but if you don't learn habitually to handle money well, you can never attain riches. Praise God. Yeah. If you don't learn how to handle money well, you cannot. Then we also have a bad habit. A bad habit refers to anything you do routinely that destroys or diminishes you. There are things you do, they reduce you. You do them and then they rob you. Bad habits rob you of joy. They rob you of your goals and then the joy of accomplishment in life. When your habits are not in sync with your goals and visions in life, you are always living in near misses. I almost made it. You set targets, you are not able to achieve them. You are not able to attain your goals and dreams and if you don't take care, you end up becoming a mockery. Why? Because there is nothing habitual with you. That's why we need to learn good habits. And today, tonight, I'll be talking a bit about good habits. Alright, so, habits can either be good or bad. Somebody say, habits can either be good or bad. Alright, and I've showed you what good habits are. Number six, good habits lead to consistent success without planning for it. Somebody say, good habits. Say, good habits. Good habits lead to consistent success without planning for it. Now you can, you are not successful until you are consistently successful. Somebody say, I'm not successful. Until I'm consistently successful. Yeah, the same thing. Just like you are not prayerful until you are consistently praying. Just as you are not generous until you are consistently generous. That is how it is. Just like you can say, I am kind because you did one kind act. You are not successful until you are consistently successful. Praise God. Praise the Lord. The Bible said the path of the just is like a shining light. That's, it doesn't mean that you, you, you never fail. But even in your failure, you still rise up to become a success. That's what I'm talking about. The Bible said the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord and delighted into it. Though he falleth, he shall not be utterly cast down. The righteous man falleth seven times and seven times he shall rise again. Somebody say, I'm rising again. again. Alright, so Good habits lead to consistent success without planning for it. That's how it happens. Blessed is a man that walketh not in the council of the ungodly. And he's talking about habit here. Somebody who does not walk in the council of the ungodly, seated in the seat of the scumbag, standing in the way of sin, but his delight is in the law of his God. Check the habit out. And in his law, he meditates. They what? That's a habit. Day and night, he meditates. Day and night. It's not a day and some night. No, consistently so, day and night. He says, he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers. Verse 3. Shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. But the ungodly are not so. What you do shall prosper. The book of Joshua 1.8, he talks about the same thing. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to you according to all that is written therein. For then you make your way prosperous. We are talking about habit. Somebody say habit. Very important. Good habit consistently. Don't wake up and think that one day you will become a millionaire. Begin to take steps to becoming a millionaire. Listen, let me tell you something. Whatever you are dreaming of becoming, if you are not doing something today about it, forget it. Anything you are dreaming of becoming. If you are dreaming of becoming a great giver someday, be consistently giving now. Yeah, I have said it again and again. When somebody uh, gives a promise, I look at what he's doing now before I now put some weight on the promise. So, whatever you are dreaming of becoming, if you are not consistent at your present level, because there's always something you can do now that is going to influence your future. Yeah. Daydreamers are those who have dreams which they are doing nothing about. But when you meet a, a, a dreamer who is working in the manifestation of his dream, uh, Joseph, how can Joseph become a ruler tomorrow if he doesn't learn to become a ruler even as a servant today? I don't know whether you understood what I said. Yeah. When he was seven, he wasn't seven anyhow. That's how he became the chief servant. So as a boy, a saw Aaron's boy, he was the most outstanding so he was overqualified for his present position. You see, a lot of us pray for promotion when we are not qualified even at our present level. 
When you become overqualified for your present position, you won't pray for promotion. God will change your level. Yeah. When you become overqualified, you do it excellently. You won't pray for it. Is it not amazing that sometimes the people who don't pray, they seem to be getting all the promotion? Do you know why? Do you know why? It's not the devil. It's not the devil. It's not the devil. Because the devil is actually against those people. Yeah, the devil is against them. In as much as they are for him, he's against them. And you, the believer, God, now, okay, let's say the devil is even on the side of the unbelievers who are making it. The devil and God, who is bigger? And God is on your side. So why shouldn't you be going up? If the devil is for them, all the demons are on their side, witches are on their side, and God is on your side, you should still be going up. But most of the time, the fundamental question is a question of responsibility. And by and large, Africans have not learned to accept responsibility for our own lives and destiny. But the embassy of life will be different. Take hold of your life. Take responsibility. That's key. So, what you are doing today must be having a bearing. Ok Madino said, good habits are key to all success. Bad habits are the unlocked door to failure. You will not fail. Brian Tracy, he says, successful people are simply those who have successful habits. Somebody's successful habit. Uh So, (laughs) you have to develop habits that will empower you to succeed. And I simply don't have the time to walk you through. Maybe one day I can do a series of habits that brings failure. Uh So that I'll just walk you through a number of them from the book of Proverbs. One of them is loving to sleep. Somebody say loving to sleep. If you love to sleep, you have signed out of success into failure. If you love to sleep. There is no great success in the world today who sleeps the eight hours the doctors have prescribed. I am telling you, in all honesty. Yeah. Even doctors who become outstanding doctors don't sleep eight hours. Yeah. Those who enforce it, usually they are. Those who become outstanding, they themselves, they don't sleep eight hours. Yeah. So if you love sleep, yeah, 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 yeah. Your field will be destroyed. The Bible says, why men slept? An enemy came. Many things happen when men are sleeping. So know when to sleep. You should not be among the crowd who is sleeping all night. So Fabio said, if you sleep all night, you fail all day. <laughs> if you sleep all night, you fail what? All day. Because you see, what makes the day awesome is what you do in the night. Successful people are simply those with successful habits. Success is hasting. This is Paramanhansam Yogananda. <laughs> it's a very powerful name. I think you must be a Japanese or one of those people, Asian people. Success is hasting or delayed by one's habit. Can you see that? Success is hasting or delayed by one's habit. So some people can come from the background. All of a sudden, they seem to be ahead. It's all habit. Somebody say habit. I want to bring you to a place where you, you delete from your memory that success is a product of luck. Never think. When you see a successful person, thank God for his grace. But understand that he is not lucky. And if there was anything like luck, it is on your side as a child of God. You assume that there was even luck. In our context, we don't call uh, luck. We call it grace or favor. And if there is anybody who has more of grace, it's the child of God. Do you know that grace is a universal currency? Do you know that there's nobody that has not been given grace? Everybody on the planet has been given grace. Everybody on the planet. I I told you when I get to teach about grace proper, you will see. But everybody, the Bible said the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared unto all men. Everybody has access to grace. But not everybody has uh, accepted grace. Not everybody is engaging grace. All the apostles are grace. Apostle Paul said, I am what I am by the grace of God. But the grace who was given me was not in vain. I labored more abundantly than they all, yet not I by the grace of God. In other words, what set Paul apart from all others? He was a pastor like all others. What made him a unique pastor was what he did with the grace of God, which the others refused to do. What will make you an outstanding lawyer from the others is not the fact that you are giving grace. Grace is common. You all have the same basic training. But what will make you outstanding 
is the little extra. You know, the extra will always make you an extra O. Yeah, that's all. That's all. Nobody works with common knowledge and becomes an uncommon person. Nobody. Nobody. If you function with common knowledge, the best resource you will get is common resource. But if you want to become an uncommon person, and you are ordained to be an uncommon person, your amen is very sick. You are the light of a world. You are a city on a hill. That cannot be hid. There's a series I'm doing which I'll be doing in excess service. Living the uncommon life. That's the kind of life God has wired you for. But you can't live the reality of that life if you don't understand the terms that goes with it. Good success. Success is hasting or delayed by one's habit. Number seven. Bad habit consistently lead to failure without planning for it. So the same way, you know, just as good habit will consistently lead to success without planning for it, bad habit also consistently will lead to failure without planning for it. I really wish I had time to walk you through one man who was super gifted. When I read his account, I thank God for uh, the gift he has given me, and I don't seek to want to even desire more gifts. Yeah, because with one talent, you can even become a ruler of many. Are you with me here? Yeah. It is foolishness to really envy anybody for whatever God has given him. That is one gift I don't have. That is one thing I have not succeeded to pick up. That is to envy what somebody has. I can admire it. I can thank God for it. But to envy, no, 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 no. I'm too okay and happy and grateful for what God has given me than to leave it and come and focus on you. I'm too focused thanking God for what he's given me and working with what he's given me that I have less time to look at what he's given you. You don't. You don't at all. You don't have to. And Samson's story also tells us that the more gifted you are, the more careful you must be. I realize that people who are usually the most gifted, unfortunately, they end up as utter failures. If you check it, you'll see it. People, people who were very sharp in class, you can think of some of them. You don't know where they are today. Yeah. In fact, a lot of great entrepreneurs usually were people who were not sharp, sharp people. Most great entrepreneurs were not sharp, sharp people when it came to academia. But they end up hiring all the others, even in our own country here. Mention the names of people who have money. Which uh, PAD has despite God? How many PAD holders does he not command? Are you following what I'm teaching here? Listen, you have to understand this very well. Whatever gift God has given you should. Samson was super gifted, but consistently he brought himself to where he brought him to. He had the habit of desiring and hanging out with strange women. Not one, not two. And that habit brought him to a place where he lost his vision, his sense of purpose, and he died prematurely. It's all, all habit. It was all habit. Samson will never see a girl in church. She will always see a girl in the discotheque. And there are some people in church, all the girls they see are foolish girls. They can't see somebody in Christ. They are in Christ, but they are looking for a girl in the world. You have problems. You will have serious, serious, serious problems. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Samson. Read Judges chapter 14 verse 1. Samson went down to Timnah and saw a woman in Timnah of the daughters of the Philistines. Samson. 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 Joseph. <laughs> and he came and told his father and mother and said, I have seen a woman in Timnah of the daughters of the Philistines. Now therefore, get her for me to wife. But at least, <laughs> at least Samson did something good here. He came to tell his parents. Though he didn't. A lot of you don't tell anybody. Yeah. Don't discuss it with anybody. I've met people who have had serious relationship problems. I've guided them and told them, listen, before you enter the next relationship, let me know about it before you even say yes. Again and again, they've sat in front of me and said yes before they are telling me. And I won't waste my time like that at all. The moment your yes is gone, I bless it. The Lord be with you. God will help you. It is where? Then you go. Why? Because, no, 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 no. The Bible said, he that takes hold of instruction takes hold of life. Are you with me here? Very important. Something went there and said, woman, it is you I like. 
Then the father and his mother said, Is there never a woman among the daughters of the brethren or among all my people that thou goest to take a woman of this? Look at that. Say, and you are sorry, more baby, anyhow. No, I call you free, I know what happened. That's what he said. In our country, is there no woman that you have to go all the way to that place and carry? Now, listen, that is no guarantee that if you pick somebody here, there won't be trouble. But it's also no guarantee that if you pick somebody from outside, there won't be trouble. But you see, when the, the person is somebody who is around us, we are able to influence better. Am I communicating here? Yeah. Those who are members here, when I speak, they listen better than those who are not members here. I've had to deal with people like that both ways, and I've seen which ones work better. There are people who could have divorced a long time ago, but because they listen, they are still together and they are doing fine. Yeah. There have been instances in counseling when I've had to refer people to outside counselors because the person I'm dealing with has not caught my spirit. So even when I speak, my motive will be misjudged. I was speaking to somebody and the person went behind and told somebody else that he thinks that I'm against her or I'm against him because he wants me to say it in a particular way to favor. Listen, if you are a stubborn girl, I will tell you a stubborn girl. He didn't call me. Or a stubborn wife. Are you getting what I'm saying? Bible says one thing. Women, submit yourselves to your husband. That's all. If you are not submitting, I will not come and be playing and listen. That, that, that. No, no, no. Listen. Yeah, he didn't say when he's very kind. Go and read it. There's nothing like that there. Don't put it there. The same way he tells a man to love his wife and sacrifice for the wife without putting conditions. Don't put con- You see, your problems will always start when you like to introduce conditionalities in the word of God. You know, there's a harsh judgment for those who try to add to the scripture. When you add anything to scripture, you will not be spared. Oh. So don't try and put your own imagination and your thinking and your feeling. And Papa, the way you are speaking, you are not sensitive to my feeling. The way God spoke, he wasn't sensitive to your feeling. It doesn't mean I'm heartless. I'm a feeling being. And if you are close to me, you know that I have a heart for people. But people need to be told the truth. Are you with me tonight? Yeah. Went there and the Bible says, he went and the father said, can't you see any woman here, something? Then look at what something said. Something said to his father, get her for me. For she pleased me well. That's all. It's about me. I don't care about what you think. I don't care about my opinion. I want to feel fine. You know, I feel her. Carry go. (laughs) Carry the go. (laughs) That's why you should not feel before you marry. When you feel too much before you marry, you become compromised. There are some things that when you see, you should have been running. But because you have been feeling, you are lying down there. You are lying down there. When you should be running away. I'm telling you, that's how something ended up. He was lying when he should be running away. When we go down there, you will see Something never ceases to amaze me. But something also reveals the power of habit. I'm almost getting ahead of myself. (laughs) I am seeing that, listen, habits are more powerful than logic. And it's one of my points there. Let me just not, I I hope that I get there to deal with it. Habits are more powerful than logic. Some people think that we are logical beings. No, we are habitual beings. Somebody say we are habitual beings. If you remember what I told you, sociologists have come up with. 80 to 90% of what you do is born out of habit. That means that you are not functioning with logic. You are functioning largely. If 80% to 90 is born out of habit, you couldn't be a logical being. Because most of your actions are not born out of logic. They are born out of habit. And you will see it. You will see it briefly. Now, bad habits can be broken and good habits can be formed. I think somebody should shout an amen about that. Means whatever habit that you have that you are not comfortable with is not adding value to you, is not bringing progress to you. You can change it. You can change it. You see, the power of the new creation is that he cannot be controlled by circumstances. He has what it takes to control circumstances. Somebody say, I control my circumstances. Say it aloud, I control my circumstances. Do this, I control my circumstances. That's the power of the new creation. The new creation is not rude. He's a ruler. The Bible said, they who receive abundance of grace shall reign in life. The new creation is a ruler. He is not, uh, is not a captive. Paul said, I can do all things through I'm in Christ. And because I'm in Christ, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Somebody say, I can do all things. 
Romans chapter 6, verse 14. He said, sin shall not have dominion over you. Why? Because you are a new creation. You are in charge. You sin because you have chosen to sin. You don't sin because you lack the power to say no to sin. That's how powerful the new creation is. That's why when sometimes I hear people interpreting the book of Hebrews to threaten people who are saved that they are going to hell, it pities me so much. One scripture they use a lot is if we sin willfully after we have received the knowledge of the truth, then there's no more salvation for us. That's what that scripture they use. But that's completely out of context. If you read that text well, you appreciate it. Because there is no sin that is not willful. Every sin is a willful sin. There is no sin that is not willful. When you steal, you have chosen to steal. Am I communicating here? Yeah. It's not, there's nothing like a willful sin. And it's not, every sin is a willful sin. <laughs> and that's for another day. Yeah. As a new creation, sin does not have power. I tell people who are struggling with any addition or habit, I tell them all the time, listen, even after you have sinned, confess, I'm a new creation. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. Can somebody say an amen? amen. Yeah. yeah. Never come to a place where you surrender your power because you fell into temptation. Then you begin to think of yourself as a sinner. You are not a sinner because you fell into temptation. No, 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 no. You are still a saint even after you are falling into temptation. Am I communicating here? Yeah. You have the power in you because there is a power in you. The Bible said, whatsoever is born of God cannot sin because his seed abides in him. There's a seed in you. That's why there's always a conflict. Every time you sin, the conflict is just telling you that that's not your nature. Am I communicating here? Yeah, that's not your nature. That's why there's a conflict. The difference between you and the one who is not saved, he sins and he's okay. But when you sin, there's always a conflict. Because you are doing something, you are flowing in a terrain that is not, it's like taking a bed and putting it in the water and trying to get the bed to swim. It doesn't work. So, you see that it will be panting for breath. Why? Because it doesn't have the gills to function in water. But the fish has. The same way if you pick fish out of water, you throw it in the air, it's dead. When you see this, the struggle is just telling you that, listen, that's not you. You see, when you are born again, it's more difficult to live in sin than to live in righteousness. It's more difficult. That's why sin is not the message. Righteousness is our message. But I'm talking about habit and we are establishing the fact that bad habit can be broken. Good habit can be formed. Have you got any bad habit? As I'm teaching now, I just want you to run through your life. Take an inventory of your life. Some of them are sinful. Some of them may not be sinful as a way. But whatever it is, understand that it can be broken. It has to start here. Your mind must accept the fact that that is not you. It can be broken. Praise the Lord. Number, okay, you can take this scripture, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 12. It, it's also repeated in, I think, 10, 23 or so. All things are lawful for me, but not all things are expedient. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be brought under. Somebody say under. under. Say, I cannot be under. under. You're always above. Say, we are seated far above. You can be under. You are not ordained to be under. Somebody say, I function above. Say, I live above. That's, that's your place. You live above sickness. You live above poverty. You live above lack. Can somebody shout an amen? Yeah. That's where you are. He that cometh from above is above all. Praise the Lord. That's where you are. I will not be brought under the power of any. In other words, I will not be controlled by anything. All things are lawful, but nothing controls me. You will not be controlled by anything. Yeah. You will only be controlled by the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Shout a better amen. Great. Number nine, bad habits are easy to form but difficult to live with. Easy to form. Waking up and not brushing your teeth, it looks easy. Yeah, getting home and feeling tired and refusing to bath again, it looks easy. Yeah. But when rashes begin to develop all around your body, you'll be uncomfortable. Particularly when you can't afford the bill of a dermatologist. That becomes even more complicated. So, bad habits are easy to form, but difficult to live with. Very easy to form. Very easy to form. It's easy to sit by the TV and watch than it is to pick a book and read. It is easy. Easy. Easy to uh, get money and spend and spend. Buy all the things you need and the things you don't need. Praise the Lord. It's very easy. Buy them because money has entered your hand. But when the money finishes, 
and you are looking for money and money is not coming to you, you know that your eye clear. Thank you very much. Your eye becomes very clear and you realize that you've made a fool of yourself. Praise the Lord. Yeah. Yeah. Bad habits. It leads to suffering, pain, and sadness in life and destiny. If you look at the prodigal son, that's an amazing story. Luke chapter 15 verse 11 and the Bible said the man had two sons he gave his, he divided his estate and gave a portion to, he divided them his living. And not many days afterward, the son gathered all, took his journey into a far country and there wasted his substance with righteous living. He was a waster. That was his habit. Habitually wasting stuff. Habitually. With righteous living. And when he had spent all, verse 14, when he had what? Listen, 2022, don't spend all. I said, don't spend all. Don't spend all. Don't spend all. 2022, don't spend all. If you spend all, you'll be broke. Praise the Lord. Listen, why don't people save? Because they think that what they have is too small to save. Listen, what you have will always be too small to save. If you don't learn the habit of saving in the little, it will always be too small to save. Praise the Lord. Yeah, it's, not, it's not how much you have. It's the habit of saving. If you learn to save something small out of your little, when you have much, you will learn to give, save much out of it. It's the same thing with giving. When you learn to give, even where you are broke, that's why Jesus never stopped any poor person from giving. Because it's a habit. And you must get that habit if you must cross over to the other side. So you receive offering from the poor, you receive offering from the rich. But it is a... Uh, unbelievers and worldly people who think that we shouldn't take money from poor people. No. The gospel was in the opposite way. Yeah. That's why African nations are still struggling. Because they, are, they keep on giving to us. We are not giving. The law is that if you must go up, you must give up. Praise God. If you must go up, you must give up. If you are climbing a mountain, let's say you go to a father or one of those mountains, and you have a lot of luggage behind you, I want to climb the mountain. You make it. It will wear you down. So to go up to the top of the mountain, you have to give up. That's what the Bible says. Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud, let us lay aside every weight. Every weight. Lay aside the weight because with the weight behind you, the journey is already tough and there's weight behind you. You will not make it. You will make it in Jesus' name. The Bible says, when he has spent all, he began to be what? You saw his miserable end. It was all because of habit. He had acquired a habit of spending. Spending and spending. Spending and spending. That's all. Proverbs 21, 20 said, The wise man have wealth and luxury. You have wealth and luxury. You will have wealth and luxury. Proverbs 21, 20. The wise man will have wealth and luxury. But fools spend whatever they get. That's it. Before a rich man will buy something, very expensive. Most, most, in all probability, he can buy maybe three times of those things. Praise God. Yeah. His investment can pay for about three times of those things. We'll do uh, economics, <laughs> biblical economics. I mean, if you spend everything that enters your hand, you don't have a future. And I'm not talking about receiving much. Because you see, the book of Ecclesiastes, Solomon said, when riches increase, they are increased that eat them. That is why every time they increase your salary, it looks like your bills also go up. Yeah. The more they increase your salary, the more your bills go up. Yeah. It, it is always, so if you are, that's why I'm saying that your money will never be enough for you to think of saving. Uh -huh. And if you are not engaging kingdom principles, your life will be miserable more. Yeah, you don't give, your life will be miserable. Because God does not sustain you on your salary. God sustains you on his divine supplies. It's not your salary. It's your supplies. And your connection to his supplies is your liberality. Praise God. Child them that are rich in this world that they be not high minded. In this church, there was a time where a gentleman gave a testimony. He was on a salary of about thousand five. He gave loan to somebody who was on a salary of five thousand a month. I'm sad. I'm sad. I've said, 5,000 coming, I mean, you, you've lost your sense of dignity. You are even, you have the courage to come and borrow money from somebody who earns 1,005 a month. I've said, 
the blessing of the Lord make it rich. When he shared the testimony, it just confirmed the blessing of the Lord make it rich and ask no sorrow. Good habits are difficult to form but very fulfilling and satisfying to live with. Somebody said difficult to form. Oh, di- hey, is it not difficult to wake up every morning and pray? Oh, please lift up your hand. No, my passes. Just let me start with the passes. Passes. <laughs> yeah. Very difficult to do that. Very difficult. If my pastors have said it's difficult, as for you congregation, I will not ask you. But you see, it's more fulfilling. It's more fulfilling. No matter how complex your day gets, if before the day became complex, you spend time in prayer, your response to the challenges of the day is even different. Am I communicating here? When somebody annoys you in the morning, you have spent quality time. You get to the office and somebody annoys you. The, the way you, you compose yourself, you yourself, sometimes, doesn't it surprise you sometimes? Because your real self now, you should be slapping the person. Who, but something has gone on. There's been some change. Some fellowship took place. So some, something has, has shifted. The Bible says, <laughs> Timothy 2, 3 to 5, and your suffering doing Along with me, as a good soldier of Christ. Somebody say, I'm a soldier. Uh-huh. Soldiers endure, they endure things. It's tough. It's tough to wake up in the morning and pray. Tough to focus your, your mind on the word of God and meditate on it. When your mind is running helter-skelter. To meditate on the word of God. It's not easy. It's tough. Develop the discipline of sing, uh, uh, what do you call it? Learning to worship by yourself. It's tough. It's not going to be easy. Coming to church every Wednesday when you close work and you are tired. It's tough. But that habit also will move you up spiritually. Will change you spiritually. Can somebody say an amen? amen. Tell me. It's difficult. Warren Buffett said, chains of habit are too light to be felt until they are too heavy to be broken. I will use this to teach some time to come. Too light to be felt until they are too tough to be broken. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. Number 11. Habit will always be tested under pressure. Somebody said it will be tested. Say habit will be tested. You see, when somebody is under pressure, the things they continue to do in spite of the pressure is a revelation of what their habits are. If you are, you are in the habit of loving, even in extreme pressure, you will still respond with love. Are you there with me? Yeah. If loving has become your default nature no matter how they provoke you, you will not if you have learned to be respectful I mean respectful in other words, you are full of respect for yourself and others no matter the provocation you won't say my husband did this so you give him all those words foolish man married a a useless man No, 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 this girl was not trained well, she didn't come from a home no matter the provocation when it's a habit when it's a habit you know you see the thing about habit habit is a foundation of character and I'll come to link it I'll come to link it and you see it somebody says sow a thought and you reap an action sow an action you reap a habit sow a habit reap a character sow a character and reap a destiny that's a habit that's a habit that's how powerful it is that's a link how do you say somebody is respectful? A respectful person has a character of being respectful. And that character is built from the habit of being respectful. When you talk to people harshly, one of the places I learned to open door for ladies was when I was a student on campus. When we were students, we were executives, CCF executives, I think we were six or so. And there were two ladies amongst us all the time. When we are going anywhere, usually, the car, I will just force myself and open the door for them. So it is never difficult if I'm with this woman and I have to open door. It's not difficult at all. I can do it for any lady. Much more is a delight when I'm doing it for my wife. Am I communicating to you? You have to have it. Don't just they will be tested in, in, in under pressure. If you are you have a habit of being in church, when things are even tight, you will still be finding your way to church. Whatever you can conveniently stop when you come under pressure is not a habit. When Daniel came under intense pressure not to pray, they say, ah, you will kill me. You will kill me. Not pray. You are, you. no, no, no. The Bible says, when he knew, uh, Daniel chapter 6 verse 10, when he knew 
that the writing, look at that, when he knew that he had been signed, not that he didn't know. So it was almost like an open rebellion. But it wasn't an open rebellion. He was acting out of character. It had become something consistent with him. He couldn't stop it. So there was no way around it. It's not that he, he wanted to rebel against. No, Daniel's character was not like that. In all of it, we know that Daniel was a very loyal person, faithful and submissive person. But this was his nature. He couldn't stop it. Under extreme pressure, that's how he responded. How do you respond under extreme pressure? You outburst of anger, insult. You develop a wrong habit. Number 12, habits defy logic. Habits defy what? How many of you have smoked before? I smoked. How many of you have smoked before? Thank you. Thank you. Any other person? I think this church, God just uh, brought people who have never seen into the church. <laughs> yeah. I expected to see more hands, but yeah. Praise the Lord. Yeah, but you know, I know. It's smoking you didn't do. Some of you Yeah, that's what you also did. Some of you to a massem. Some of you to a petesi apio. But of course, there are some of you who have never gone that way, and it's good. Those of us who went that way, we are not better than you. And those of you who didn't go that way, you're also not better than us. In Christ, we are all new creatures. Somebody say an amen. All of us are new creatures. Is it not exciting? The grace of God puts us on the same level. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. The one who sinned before, the one who didn't sin before, is a new creature. All of us, starting from ground zero. But let me tell you something. Habits defy logic. Somebody say they defy logic. Now, let me just do this with you. Logically, eh, Daniel should not be doing what he did. Logically. One, he knew it had been signed when you go spend time and read Daniel chapter 6 verse 4 to 9. He knew he had been signed. He knew the details of the punishment. Because uh, the Medipersian law was said that once it's signed, it could not be revoked. And if you trespass it, the penalty will come to you without delay. And Daniel knew that the lion's there was his destination. So logically, if he thinks about his life, thinks about his future, he shouldn't do that. But habit is more powerful than logic. He was so addicted to this habit that Though he knew that this was what his habit was driving him. Now, the worst kind of case, another case of uh, habit-defined logic is Samson, 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 Samson. When you go home, read Judges chapter 16, and you see it. A lady, three occasions, made it clear, something I want to kill you, something I will kill you, something I will sell you. They will tie his hair, he will tell them tie him with rope, and then he will, all of that, he didn't see it. Praise the Lord. He couldn't see. First time. I mean, the second time. Ah, this girl is looking for me to kill. But something couldn't see it. The third time, until he was killed. Habit. You think he didn't know? After the lady died, he knew. But logic, the habit of hanging out, hanging out, having fun, that habit was stronger than the logic of saving himself. Just before I close with this. If you have smoked before, if you smoke cigarettes, they've always written on it. Even those who have not smoked before, you see it. Smoking kills. So, so why is it that people still smoke it? You think logically they can read? They see the logic, but the habit of smoking is stronger than the logic of the fact that it kills. Yeah. Logic. It defies logic. That's why forming great habit is critical. And I close with this. Habit grow. Somebody say habits grow. Yeah, habits grow. Habits grow. Habits grow. Habits grow. And I pray that you form great habits. Habit grows. They are like seeds. Once they are planted and watered, they grow. Good habits grow, bad habits grow. But you will form great habits. 2022 is your best year ever. You will live your best life. You will experience God's best for you. You will not be denied of anything good. Outstanding things shall be released in your direction. You will fulfill God's purpose for your life. This is your best year. Welcome to a year of joy. 
welcome to a year of increase welcome to a year of greatness all around you you see progress all around you you see progress all around you you see advancement in the name of Jesus open your mouth and give thank God and give has just placed in your hands the key for all-round victory success and limitless prosperity share your testimonies with us on 020-422-5790 or email us at embassyoflifechapel at gmail.com get interactive with pastor afuakwa on facebook instagram and twitter for more information, visit our website at www.embassyoflife.org. Fellowship with us this and every Sunday for our services at our headquarter church from 6.45 a.m. to 8 a.m. for our first service, which is our Excel service, and from 8.45 a.m. to 10.45 a.m. for our second service, which is our celebration service, and on Wednesdays for our discovery service from 6 p.m. to 7.45 p.m. Our church auditorium is located on the top floor of Nanama Ejakumar Plaza, opposite the Unity Oil Station, Santasa Runabout, Kumasi, Ghana. Alternatively, you can join us online for our services on Embassy of Life Chapel, Facebook, or YouTube pages. God richly bless you. Every time I get it, oh.